The second scripture today comes from the book of John, chapters 15, verses 1 through 5. I am the true vine, and my Father is the vine grower. He removes every branch in me that bears no fruit. Every branch that bears fruit he prunes to make it bear more fruit. You have already been cleansed by the word that I have spoken to you. Abide in me as I abide in you. Just as the branch cannot bear fruit by itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. Those who abide in me and I in them bear much fruit, because apart from me you can do nothing. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God for words of wisdom and faith. Today's scripture from John 15 has taught us that we are vines and God is our gardener. God will prune us and care for us, nurturing our healthy vines and removing the sickly ones. Our talents and good natures will be fed with God's light. Our vices and sins will be clipped away. Like a seed, which is planted in fertile soil, given water and sunlight to grow healthy, we are planted in the love of God, baptized in the water, and given his holy light to grow healthy. However, that is where the metaphor ends. For there is a major difference between a vine and a human. A vine is isolated, living and growing by itself, having no thought or emotion, towards the vines next to it. A vine will grow and grow, trying to reach out as far as it can in order to soak up as much light as possible. A tree will grow tall and wide with hundreds of branches to absorb sunlight. This is good for the tree, but unfortunately any plant under the tree gets no sunlight. If a vine falls or withers, the vines next to it do not care. They do not have the ability to think of the other plant's well-being or whether they should help it. Humans, however, are given the ability of compassion, of empathy for one another. If a human falls next to us, we have the ability to care about them, the need to help them get back up. As humans, we are expected to grow big and strong, but our mission is not to take up as much light as possible stretching our leaves so that we get all the sunlight and vines next to us or below us get none. Our mission is to share the light, to stretch out while helping others stretch too, to bring the light with us, sharing it with those we see wither. God gives us this gift of compassion so that we may care for those next to us. God will tend to us, making sure we grow with healthy vines but he has given us the gift of helping others. When we see children starving or people dying from a malicious disease, we have the gift of caring about them. People who live on the other side of the world, people we will never meet, people who will never affect our lives, we have the ability to care about them and want to help them, the ability to want to make the world a better place. There are many wonderful people doing this today, going out of their way to better the world. Missionaries and good Samaritans 
who leave their entire world behind to go build a well in Africa or guide refugees to a safe home. We can do this in our daily lives, from the programs that the church conducts or donating and giving to those with less, to simply being kind to one another. If we see someone angry and hurt, giving them a shoulder to lean on. If we see someone sad, we can try to cheer them up. We tend to get so wrapped up in our own struggles, our own journeys, that we forget we have the gift of compassion. There's a new organization that I really admire called the Gates Letter. This organization is a part of the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation, a charity devoted to eliminating diseases in Africa, as well as increasing the standards of living and education around the world. Gates Letter is a service that provides current data on worldwide poverty, disease, and suffering, and informs on how charitable organizations plan to fix these problems. Besides keeping its members up to date on charitable programs, this letter provides a hopeful message. The most recent letter stated that with current projections, the standard of living worldwide will improve more in the next 15 years than it has in all of history. While such a message is inspiring, it is admittedly optimistic. Optimism is great, but without the right force backing it, it is just delightful words. Bill Gates is certainly someone I admire. Instead of spending his vast amounts of wealth on yachts or private jets, he uses his wealth to better the world. When Bill Gates says that he hopes to completely eliminate four major diseases, including polio and elephantiasis, in the next 15 years, it is both encouraging and skeptical. Such a feat seems far off, but looking at how much he cares for this endeavor and all the work he has already put in, it is easy to get excited and jump on board. Bill Gates sees these withering vines, these suffering people, and uses his gift of compassion. Now, I realize that most people don't have the resources that Bill Gates does, but that doesn't mean we can't help in our own ways, helping each other out, forgiving instead of resenting, taking care of our environment and our community. Because you see, it is that gift of compassion that we need for such an optimistic future. We need everyone caring for one another. People who think about how someone in Africa or Asia or here in America will survive without the proper help. People who will put everything they can into bettering the world. It is this gift that will achieve such a bright future. God has blessed us with so many gifts, too many to even begin to count. I think this gift, this power of compassion, is one of the greatest he could have bestowed upon us. Because that is God's mission, his will, a heaven on earth where everyone cares for one another and sacrifices for one another, not out of guilt or a sense of payback, but because they truly want to. Hi, I'm Lucas Harrison. I'm a senior at Open High School. I've been a part of the Second Presbyterian Youth Group since I was in the seventh grade. Second Presbyterian has always been like a second, no pun intended, family to me. I've grown up so, so much since those middle school days. Our theme last year for our high school Montreal trip was rooted in reaching. Broad topic, because when are we fully rooted and ready to reach? Makes me think of an athlete with a day-to-day -day injury, but aren't we all day-to-day? 
I was rooted into the foundation we have here at Second. I've been supported by such great leaders, people who got me interested in God, people who got me interested in community, people that got me loving to give back. I could talk all day about the youth leaders and mentors I've had, but a few have stood out in particular to my reaching within this church. Howard Dudley was one of those great storytellers that could have gotten you to believe anything. He could have literally spent the whole two hours from Richmond to Massanetta talking about some guy he thought could predict the future. He claimed there was some guy in the early stages of the internet that would correctly predict sports scores and world events through the very detail. He was one of those people that would have you motivated to face the most unthinkable task. Example, skiing at Wintergreen on a youth retreat a few years ago. And I'm thankful Howard got me interested in second prayers and learning about God. He would, t- he would talk so passionate, passionately about his faith and wanted nothing but us to expand our own personal faiths. If football is my beach, then learning about God and teaching and sharing his ideas to the youth was his beach. Andy Philip Morgan and Cam Thomas were like older brothers to me, partly because they're both high schoolers in adult bodies. <laughs> they gave me the sense of community. They had me wanting to go to Sunday school and youth group rather than it just being some weekly event. Andy and Cam both said how much the youth group meant to them, and they really showed it. They were interested in us, and they wanted to get involved in our activities outside of church. They truly did care for us. They attended a number of my football games throughout the years and were always my biggest fans on the sideline. Made me feel like Superman to have them supporting me. To have that support and someone showing that they really do care for you that much is really meaningful to a growing kid. I was rooted in such a deep and loving community. I watched the guys I grew up with graduate and move on to higher things in life. And before I knew it, I was one of the top dogs in the youth group. I was rooted in Second Presbyterian. I had built strong relationships and, had a, and I had a new identity when I spent time with my youth group. But before I knew it, it was my turn to reach. The trips to Camp Hanover, Massanetta, Montreat, and the hundreds of other memories between spending time with this youth group has just been icing on the cake to what has been a tremendous growth and learning experience. Current youth advisor Patrick McElwain and walking coordinator Elpa Mapp are two people who have helped me reach into the path of God. Patrick originally got me involved in working with the walk-in lunch last Martin Luther King Day. It started out as just a youth group event where I could complete volunteer hours. Now every Monday when I don't have school, I help out with the walk-in lunch. Nothing quite gives me joy like volunteering with the walk-in lunch. What I enjoy most about it is learning people's names and their stories. It means a lot to some of our walk-in friends that someone out there really does care for them because many of them do not have the same blessings that we are blessed with. Working with them always amazes me and has taught me so many valuable life lessons. It shows you how much we can really take for granted and has immensely thankful has made me immensely thankful for the people in my life and what God has done for me. Every day I think of and pray for my walk-in friends. They've made me realize just how special Second Presbyterian is. The volunteers and friends often show their thanks and gratitude, but really, it's all my pleasure. I didn't do anything but do what God intended me to do and do what my heart desires. This is the way I've grown up in this church. A few times some walk-in friends have told me that coming here on Mondays always makes their day, but really, they make my day. It gives me so much joy to put a smile on their faces and give them that same sense of community I've been blessed with here. 
Just like my youth leaders have been to me, they can also have someone that comes out to support you and be your number one fan. I'm just reaching out in the way Second has rooted me into the person that I've become. Maybe it makes them feel like Superman too. Good morning, my name is Marshall Dundee and I go to Trinity Episcopal School when I'm a senior. 18 years, that's how long I've been coming to this amazing church in this amazing community. My whole idea of thoughts and all of my ideas of faith took root here. When I was in the eighth grade, I began my confirmation journey. Confirmation is a transformative event that marks the transition from child to adult in the church. My journey began with a small class. I was a little nervous, but interested to see where this experience would take me. The whole class started out shy and cautious, but eventually would become one big family at the end of the road to confirmation. Several months passed, and eventually the Sunday came where I would be inducted into the church and considered a full member. There are many more responsibilities in being a member rather than just a child in the Sunday school of the youth group. One major part of being a member is becoming more involved in the church itself. After being confirmed, I became more curious about what the church had to offer for me. My friend Tori Burston started taking a friend of mine and I to church on Sunday nights at around 7 p.m. We'd go to an hour-long church service and then go to Krispy Kreme or Cookout. At first, I was going because I wanted to hang with my friends and chow down a little bit. Then I started noticing how the service affected him. It made him centered and more grounded. He showed compassion and empathy, dedication and care, and I wanted to be like him. I wanted to be remembered for how I treated people and how I showed good intentions all of the time. Around that time, I met two people who most of you know. The wonderful Andy Morgan and Cam Thomas, two of our old youth leaders. These two men helped me see a different side of God. The side where you don't have to be so serious all the time when praising or working for God. I saw the side where singing singing hymns and doing goofy dances can bring people closer because of your faith. It's the one thing that allows you to be you every minute of every day. It showed me the way to make an impact on people with compassion. How showing empathy and patience will grow you as a person. Although Andy and Cam have moved away, I still keep contact. They helped root me here in this church and taught me how to reach my full potential to help make an impact. The next step in my path to discovering who God really was happened my junior year summer when I attended a youth retreat in North Carolina called Montreat. This would be my third trip. I was overly excited and couldn't wait to get into the van and make that incredibly fun six-hour drive down. I was going to make this year the best one yet, and it most definitely was. Over this course of the week, I made lifelong connections with people from all across the United States. I even became friends with a Mormon girl who decided it might be fun to try out a Presbyterian camp. We still talk all the time and are bound to be lifelong friends connected by something special, faith. On the last night, the whole camp came together for a final worship commitment ceremony. During the service, we vowed to continue to grow in the spiritual spiritual strength that we had found that week. As I looked around the room, I noticed many things. For the first time, I had felt the power of God and his true love. I saw compassion, kindness, and love in people who genuinely, genuinely cared for one another. I stopped and thought about how grateful I was to be in this spiritual place in my life. I knew that God was with me and realized that God had been calling me to my mission, that I had finally heard him after all these years. Then and there, oh, oops, yeah, no, then and there, I realized that God had put me on this earth to reach out to others and to help them try to bring more light into their lives. I also felt this transformation physically. I felt my throat clench and my eyes water. Tears started building up in my eyes and I was in complete awe because I had never cried tears of joy before. 
The worship ended, and I felt more connected to God in the world in my life than I had ever had. That week of camp was the final stepping stone for me in the journey of becoming a member of the church and becoming, in the beginning of becoming a true follower of God. Every time I remember that moment <clears throat> on the last night of camp, I'm sure that I will succeed no matter where I go or what I do because I have God with me. One of our scriptures today really relates to this, Psalm 67. May God be gracious to us and bless us, and make his face shine upon us, that your way may be known upon earth, your saving power among all nations. Let nations be glad and sing for joy. For you judge the peoples with equity and guide the nations upon earth. Let all the peoples praise you, O God. Let all the peoples praise you. The earth has yielded its increase, God. Our God has blessed us. May God continue to bless us. Let all the ends of the earth revere him. I looked at this passage and thought about what it meant to me. It was saying several things. One, God deserves our praise entirely for everything that he's given us, and we should want him to see us praising him. Secondly, it shows how, even though we may have some tweaks from each other, Christians are Christians. We all need to show praise by reaching out to God, whether it's by praising God through song or by doing the walk-in ministry. It could be even by doing some of those funky dances. Oh, Oh, lastly, we need to be thankful for our resources, for the opportunity to have those resources and the ability to use those resources. But I feel like we owe God a little something extra in return for all these wonderful things that he's blessed us with. Use those resources and those opportunities and abilities to spread the name of the Lord. We need to show God's love, give back to our community, and show that we are Christians and proud of it. We need to stay rooted in our faith and reach out to others with the help of God. This church has taught me where my roots are. They've helped me grow these roots, and most importantly, they gave me the resources, the people, the friends, and the community to show me what it means to be a good Christian and how to show God's love wherever I go. Let us pray. Take our lives and let, let them be consecrated, Lord, to thee. Take our moments and our days. Let them flow in ceaseless praise. Let them flow in ceaseless praise. In the name of Jesus Christ, our Savior. Amen.